With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Floors that fit your life. Just one of the reasons Flooring America is where friends send friends. Now, buy any carpet and get free labor. Every color, every style, and save 10% on Galvanite Floors too. Buy with 36 months special financing. Now, at Flooring America. Instant Reaction Podcast. I am John Miller, Hawkeye Nation, doing this one more time. Well, I guess we'll have a bowl game uh, as well, and then uh, we'll put this to bed. Uh, more on that this week. Squint stole my thunder a little bit on Twitter. Iowa 27, Nebraska 24. And sorry if this sounds tinny because I'm recording it through my laptop's built-in microphone as I am with my family down in Florida right now. What a game. Obviously, it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing of games Iowa football has ever played. However, what a finish. Duncan with a field goal from 48 yards out with one second left. Then he blows kisses to the Husker bench, which Scott Frost lost his mind over on the sideline. And I understand that. But I I, I was a big believer in Frost when he got to Nebraska. I thought he was really going to turn things around, and he's still bay. But as Steve Dace tweeted at the end of the game, anybody who thought that Frost was going to start out 9-15 and 15 in his Nebraska career, you're lying. Any Cornhusker fan who thought that and thought that was going to be okay, well, you're lying. Just not true. Not true. Um. Nebraska's start under Scott Frost, if it was anybody not named Scott Frost, they'd be looking for a new coach. Or next year would be the you're-out-of-town year. But at any rate, that's not why we're talking here today. Dace and I can do more of that uh, this weekend. 324 yards of total offense for Iowa, 284 for Nebraska. Iowa really in that second half didn't do much of anything until their final drive, and Nate Stanley threw several fantastic throws. 225 yards rushing for the Hawkeyes on this day as Tyler Goodson goes for 116 yards on 30, uh, 13 carries, rather, uh, including a 55-yard touchdown run early in the game. Mir Smith-Marset, 45-yard touchdown run on a reverse. Uh, Tyler Goodson was seen after the game high-fiving fans. Uh, he was probably somewhat dinged up and don't really know any more the extent of that. But I think at that particular point in time, Kirk Ferentz was perfectly content to try to milk it and dang near came back and and hurt him. But, you know, I got into a few people on Twitter about this. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to say it anyway. Football is a game about execution. Sometimes the other team is just better than you are. And it's hard to execute. The other team makes it hard really hard to execute the type of execution you need to have against great teams with great athletes are like, you know, 95th percentile plays that it's really tough to do. 
That wasn't the case today, and it's usually not the case. Um, if you don't throw a pick six and you don't drop a ball that hits you in stride and you're maybe the fastest guy in the field at that time and you score a touchdown there, it's 14 points, and we're not even talking about overtime. It comes down to the Jims and the Joes far more often than it does not in football. It's just just the facts. And if you don't like it, if you don't like the lack of execution and explanation, that's fine. You don't have to, but it's the truth. And Iowa made it a lot harder on itself today than it needed to, but in the end it won. And so many young playmakers out there, which is very, very exciting. Sam Laporta coming up late with a huge grab. Nico Regani uh, should have had a fantastic catch, but the refs overturned that. Then the refs overturned the targeting call on the catch that Amir Smith-Marset made. I mean, gee, many Christmas. It was like, got to get Nebraska to a bowl game. I mean, that's not what happened, but it sure seemed very suspect. And then Duncan hits from 48, not just once, but two times. As Nebraska got that last time out just in the nick of time. And in the end, the Hawkeyes get to 9-3. and three. And I said before the season, that if they did nine and three or better, it was a fantastic year. And it was a fantastic year. Back-to-back nine or more win wins on the season for Iowa for the first time since, gosh, over a, a decade. I mean, 08, they did, gosh, what did they get to in 2008? I don't even remember now. It was close. Yeah, right, nine, nine and four. Yeah, nine and four. And then they won 11 in 2009. So it's the first time since then that Iowa's had back-to-back nine-win seasons. And they've had, they've had a very impressive run of eight or more win seasons amongst the leaders in the country in that category. No, they haven't had you know, any other 2015s along the way. But, man, they, they're successful. They're consistent. They win consistently. And given the position that Iowa is in, the Big Ten, that it's the, you know, the, the smallest, you know, the second smallest state relative to producing players. But when you consider that there's another very good Division One FBS Power Five conference team in the state fighting for those same players, it's not like Nebraska. Nebraska is a smaller state than Iowa, but there's no Nebraska state. Uh, so that's just the reality of it. In my opinion, Kirk Ferentz still getting it done, and you should be damn happy that he's your head football coach. Isn't always a thing of beauty. It's like if you stand up close to a, a Monet painting, it doesn't look very good. When you sit back farther away and you look at it from a distance, those things go for a lot of money. Nine and three this season, if you get up close and you dive in and you look at it granularly, yeah, it wasn't a thing of beauty. The offense, the running game was not good at all stunk. They're going to need to retool it. They're going to need to fix it. When you sit back and you look and they're 9-3, and three, fantastic. Fantastic. The defense again today played a great game. Well, John, they gave up 24. Well, they only gave up 17. And because the pick six wasn't on them, Nebraska had 284 tar- yards of total offense in this game. 284. Iowa did the job. They did the freaking job. They're going to have a top 10 scoring defense this year. A.J. Epinesa, you know, last week we were saying it was his best game. Uh, I think he saved it for this game, likely his last ever game, regular uh, last ever regular season game. 
wearing an Iowa jersey, and who knows if he'll play in the bowl game. I don't know that he will or he won't. I haven't heard anything on that, but tis the season. He had 14 flipping tackles from his defensive end position. 14! You say back-to-back Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, maybe National Player of the Week? Two sacks, four and a half tackles for loss, and nine solo tackles. That brings his season total for tackles for loss up to 13 and his sack total up to nine. Holy crap. I didn't think there was any way possible he'd get to 10 and a half again like he had last year. Dace and I talked about that all summer because of all the attention he was going to get. He had nine sacks in the regular season and 13 tackles for loss. Monster. Monster. The most disruptive defensive end Iowa's had, at least since Adrian Claiborne and maybe since Jared DeVries. And one of the most disruptive they've had in the 40 years nearly that I've been watching Iowa Hawkeye football. My memory of Iowa football goes back to 1981. And Andre Tippett, Leroy Smith, Jared DeVries, Adrian Claiborne, and A.J. Evanessa. I mean, that's what we're talking. So we're talking from the line. Just an incredible, incredible season, an incredible, incredible effort by A.J. Epinesa. My goodness, what a Jack Corner with a great game today, two interception, 11 tackles, five solos. Uh, for the game, looking for tackles for law. Iowa with two sacks. A.J. had them both. Iowa with nine tackles for loss in this game. Just incredible. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned earlier Goodson with his 116 yards rushing. The first Iowa running back to rush for 100 yards in a Big Ten game since last year against Nebraska. Iowa with 225 yards rushing against Nebraska. I think the last four years they've rushed for over 1,000 yards against the Huskers. In the first half, Iowa dominated the line scrimmage. Second half, Nebraska, actually, their defense actually bowed up, playing well along the line scrimmage. That's the most lively I've seen Nebraska at the line of scrimmage against Iowa since, like, I don't know, 2012, something like that. Really good. Adrian Martinez, boy, did he look a step slow. I mean, Dace has been saying for weeks that he just doesn't look like a guy that wants to be out there all that much. And I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that he, he certainly – he looked like a diminished version of himself. And what was Nebraska doing early on, bringing in Vedral and then McCaffrey, a quarterback? And I get McCaffrey. He's a little bit of a change of, change of pace. I don't know. What were they bringing Vedral in for? I mean, they just really – and all these horizontal passes that they ran, Iowa defends those things really well. Oja Moody, what, what a day for him by and large. I don't get what Nebraska's plan was there. I don't get it at all. But again, nine and three. Iowa played five teams ranked in last week's top 25 relative to the college football playoff. Five of them. Uh, As of two weeks ago, no team had played more than Iowa had. Iowa had played the most. Nobody had even played five as of a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if that was still the case last week or not. But Iowa played one of the toughest schedules in the country. Minnesota was ranked 8th last week. Iowa beat them. Penn State was ranked 10th. Iowa lost by 5 points. Wisconsin was ranked 12th. Iowa lost by 2 points. And Michigan was ranked 13th. Iowa lost by 7 points. Iowa State was ranked 23rd. 
and Iowa won that game. That's five. Miami actually is having a really good season, too, Miami of Ohio. So this schedule, we talked about it from last January right up through when Iowa kicked things off this year. Two and three against games, against ranked teams, it's not horrible. And they won all the games that they were expected to win. All of them. They were under they were underdogs against Wisconsin, Michigan, and Penn State. They won all the games they were expected to win, didn't have one of those years where, oh, they lose one you don't expect them to lose, and they win one you don't expect them to win. Well, this year things kind of went at least point spread-wise, but still, I can't remember if they were dogs and aims or not. Probably weren't just because they never seemingly are. Maybe they were. Um, they were favorites against Minnesota at home. But what a season. What a freaking season. And I know some of you are like, what do you mean what a season? They didn't win 10 more games. They didn't, they didn't go to Indianapolis. You know what? They're not going to go to Indianapolis every year. They're not going to go to Indianapolis most years. They came a two-point conversion shy of, you know, maybe maybe going to overtime against Wisconsin. Although Wisconsin probably would have scored. So they had their chances against Penn State. It just didn't, didn't happen. You know, Nate Stanley, for some reason, lightning rod. He may, in the bowl game, surpass Drew Tate for the second most passing yards in a career by an Iowa quarterback. He already has the second most touchdown passes in a career by an Iowa quarterback. He never lost as a starter to Iowa State, to Minnesota, or to Nebraska. 9-0. and He was 0-3 against Wisconsin. He's 0-3 against Penn State. He's 1-0 against Ohio State, if we call that one. The guy is a very, very good quarterback. Very good quarterback. Very good leader. And uh, left it all out there. It's going to be so much fun to to watch the the fallout from this this one. A little schadenfreude relative to Nebraska, I will admit to that. But Dace and I will talk about this on Monday night late is when we'll record as my family and I are going to be making it back from Florida. I have the Harry Potter's Wizarding World to visit tomorrow with my 10-year-old and my 17-year-old. And then on Sunday, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, and then back behind the normal microphone on Monday. Thanks for listening to these all season long and throughout all the years. Coming to an end soon. Take care.